ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, thanks for joining Western Contours as we bring you Elk Holland Academy's Feature Friday. This week, Michael talks about reacting to and what to do when that bull cracks off. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Batiste from the Elk Calling Academy and this is Wapiti Wednesday Live q and If this is your first time joining us, welcome. The way Wapiti Wednesday Q&A works is typically start with a subject or kind of a leftover question from the previous week. We start talking about that. If at any time you have any question, it doesn't matter if you're joining us from YouTube, Facebook or Instagram, go ahead and put your questions down in the chat. We do, um, you know, I do my best to answer those questions. There is information that I can't really go into because of private one-on-one lessons with our Elk Calling Academy students and our Patreon members, but I will do my best. If this is your first time here or you guys are just enjoying the content that we're putting out, make sure that you like, subscribe, or follow depending on which platform that you're on and make sure you also turn on notifications so that way you know every time we go live. So... All right, so um, what do you do when you hear a bull bugle? Well, there, there's a lot of factors that kind of goes into that. There's information that you have to gather first. You know, what what type of bugle is he doing? What time of day is it? Is it morning? Is it evening? Is it midday? Um, you know, is it more than just one bugle? If he bugles more than once, is he in the same spot or is he moving? There's there's all kinds of things that you need to kind of calculate first, but really you also need to decipher what type of bugle what type of bugle he's throwing out there. Um, you know, one thing in the academy, really, you know, in the lessons and and also on the Patreon page, talking and teaching, you know, that vocalization about the different meanings and. It, it really, really does come into play because if you understand what's going on, you understand what's being said, it really, really helps 
that um, kind of what the situation is. So if you understand the situation, you know what's going on, and that really, really helps you in responses. So, um, okay. In fact, here's here's a first question from Caleb on Instagram that kind of ties into this. What do you do when you have a bull bugling con consistently, but he keeps getting further away from you? What do you do? Well, first off, again, what type of what time of day is it? Um, if it's in the morning or the evening and that bull's constantly bugling, but he's moving away, it's because he's heading to his bedding area or he's heading to his feeding area. It's not necessarily that he's moving away from you. It's just he's going somewhere. He's going to bed down. And the, and the reason he's bugling is he's, he's keeping that constant contact with his herd. And he's also just kind of letting other bulls around know that, hey, you know, I'm I'm head in this direction. And I, I hear that a lot from people. And, and a lot of times when I hear that, um, it's it's kind of in that manner of, oh, if you bugle in my area, I'll just run the other way. And, I, and, and I've talked about this before. And, and I think that is the funniest statement that somebody could say. If you bugle in my area, elk run the other way. And, and I just get this image in my head of elk running every different direction from bugles just because they don't want to be around a bugle. And well, then how do they gather up? How do they breed? How do you know they're herd animals? So that makes no sense. So really, Casey, what's going on there is he's moving to a location and he's just bugling as he's moving along. So it's not necessarily he's moving away from you. What you can do is if it's an area that you know and you have a good idea of where he's heading to, just start covering ground, try to cut him off, get there before him or kind of get on that same level, same plane with him where you have that opportunity to call him over. And it may be that you have to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. And we've been there before. We've had to flat out run for half a mile. So or more, it just you just got to cover ground, kind of cut him off or get on that same level, but try to figure out where he's going. So. Okay, um, James, good evening. Ever heard a bull just glunking nonstop? Three hours, not one bugle, just glunks. Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard them do a lot of glunks. And there's there's a lot of softer vocalizations that they do that you really don't hear unless you're up close. Um, but if you're close enough to hear glunks, you're probably going to hear them doing some huffs, um, you know, some other things to just go with uh, go with the glunks. So... Uh, Michael Lowry. Good evening. Larry Bennett. Good evening, Michael. Good to see you. Hey, Ron Thomas. Good to see you're on here. Uh, Shane, what open read would you recommend? So, <coughs> excuse me, Shane, are you talking open read cow call or open read bugle? If you're talking open read cow call, there's a couple. Uh, I really like the custom by native by Carlton, uh, because you get, five different reads in there. You can really tailor it and custom it to the tone you like. One of my other favorite open read cow calls is the Matriarch from Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. It has a really, really nice, soft tone, uh, good volume, really easy to control. It is a little wider read, so it does take a little bit more pressure to operate it, but the tone that you get with that, it's, it's an exceptional call. If you're looking for an open read bugle, um, you know, the Power Bugle is a good one. Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls has the Selectable that has a, a mouthpiece on it that's that's a good one. So those are just a couple that I would recommend. 
All right. Ted Sherman, can you do some moose calls for us? Absolutely. I'll jump right on that, bud. Wow. You guys are just uh, flooding questions in. Uh, this bull came in several t several times, but always tucked tail and ran, but never stopped bugling. Thanks for the answer. If he's if he's coming in and going back out, in and out, it means he has cows with him. And he's interested in what you're doing, but you're at a distance to where he doesn't want to get that far away from his cows or he's not 100% comfortable coming in. And, and really, it sounds to me like this is a morning situation that you caught them while they were still milling around. And that's why he was coming in and out and coming in and out. He just kind of got to that hang up spot. Um, and then uh, the reason he started bugling away is because his cows started heading out to the to the bedding area and he just started following them. So it kind of sounds like that was going on with that. So uh, bullheaded. What would you do if you had multiple bulls bugling in a valley nine to 10 in the morning, had this happen and wasn't sure which to go after? Great question. So anytime I have multiple bulls bugling, I think a little bit differently than others. I know there's, there's a lot of people out there that will listen to the bugles and go, that one's the biggest. We're going to go after that one. I learned a long time ago that you can't always tell size by the bugle. So Generally, what I do is when I hear multiple bulls bugling, again, I'm going to calculate several factors. Where are they at? Are they staying put? Are they moving? What are the thermals doing? Have the thermals changed? You know, 9, 10 in the morning, depending on what time of day, either the thermals are just starting to change or you're getting pretty close to those changing. But basically, I'm going to start planning a route that will allow me multiple opportunities, multiple encounters. Meaning if I get on this bull and it doesn't work out, I can then slip over to the next bull and the next and the next. Because if you try to pick out that biggest one or whatever and start moving, because of thermals, there's a chance that you can blow those others out of there and you limit yourself to the one opportunity. But if you sit there and kind of get that pecking order or saying, you know, okay, one, two, three, you know, we're gonna work these like dominoes, you give yourself more opportunities. The more opportunities you give yourself, the higher your chance of success is. So bullheaded, hope that answers your question. So uh, Caleb, exactly the scenario. Thank you. I will try this next September. I know, I wish we were closer. So you bet. Uh, it's about time the big boss is watching. Uh oh, Nick Hopkins is on. I better mind my P's and Q's. So. Uh, Lance, okay, I've ran into a lot of people that cow call because they think they don't sound good bugling. I've always felt every bull has its own voice like humans. What's your take on this? Yeah, you don't have to have this perfect clean note competition type call out there. I've heard bulls that sound horrible. The more important thing is kind of having the main structures of the bugle. You know, what are you trying to say, whether you're trying to do a location bugle or whether you're trying to do a challenge bugle? You know, that's more of the key is the structure or the basis of the sound that you're trying to do. So, so no, you don't have to sound perfect. So not at all. Uh, Freddie loved the matriarch times two on the matriarch. Perfect. So, okay. Uh, one more quick one and then we'll dive back into the main topic. What's your thoughts on this coming September's moon phase full on the 14th? 
Ah, Steve, you kind of caught me unprepared. Um, I have not checked the moon phase calendar yet for uh, September. Usually, because right now with it being show season and traveling, I really don't start uh, really diving into the moon phase and all that. So, Steve, let's table that question for now. And I will do my normal research to where I search moon phase, autumn equinox, you know, check farmer's almanac for winter forecast, all that. And um, kind of maybe at the beginning of the summer or down the road a little bit, we'll kind of come back to that question and we'll kind of talk about uh, what I think is going to be um, kind of the best week, I guess you could say, or when I think most of the red activity is going to um, be happening. So, uh, bullheaded. Thanks. I like that with having plan A, B, and C. Perfect. Yeah. It's a great way to go. So, okay. So when I hear a bugle out there again, it's, it's, there's kind of a few things that I start running through my head. First off, do I have an exact location of where that bull's at? If I know exactly where he's at, that's step one. If I don't have an exact location, I'm going to listen for him to bugle again and see if I can pinpoint his location. If I do have that location pegged, then I'm going to start doing some quick calculations. What time of the morning is it? How far away is it? How long is it going to take me over to get over there? What are the thermals going to be doing by the time I make it over there? And then I kind of plan my route. Now, notice I haven't answered yet. I haven't said anything yet. So I didn't necessarily answer him. Now, if I don't know exactly where he's at, then I'm probably going to throw off a location bugle to see if I can get him to bugle again to pinpoint that location. But if I've got it pinpointed, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to start moving and getting into position. Now, as I'm moving, I'm also listening to him. Is he bugling again? If he did bugle again, is he still in the same place? Is he on the move? So if he is on the move, then where is he heading? These are all things that I'm kind of calculating. Now, also, as I'm moving towards him, I'm gaining elevation on the mountain because I want to, you know, kind of I, I want to end up on his same level, his same plane. Now, the other thing I'm also doing is when he is bugling, I'm paying attention to what type of bugle he's doing. You know, is he just doing location bugles? You know, is he just, you know, throwing it out there? Hey, where is everybody? Is he doing lip ball bugles or display bugles? Um, you know, what's what's his mindset? Is he just in, hey, where is everybody at? Or is he in a defensive nature? So these are all things that are information that I want to know so that when I move in and set up, I know um, basically where to kind of start my calling sequence with him and how I'm going to work him. So, so that's kind of basically, you know, how to react when you hear a bull bugle. It's, you know, you, you basically calculate kind of, you know, a lot of this information. And, and there's times too that when you hear a bugle, the first thing that you start going is human or bull. So, you know, because if it's if it's quite a ways away, um, sometimes maybe you only hear that high note and you don't know for sure. OK, let's say that uh, you hear this bugle 
and it's fairly close. Well, okay, are you in a position to where you can set up? Do you have good shooting lanes? Do you have the right wind? You know, these are all things that you have to calculate and think real quick um, and then adjust accordingly and then start moving. So, uh, John Hughes, have you ever had bulls bugle over one another or would that be other hunters? <laughs> no, I've heard bulls do it, uh, you know, cut each other off and, and just uh, bugle over the top. It's just kind of their way of being on offense and showing dominance. Um, also, too, if you have bulls that are kind of spread out in a small area and, uh, you know, one bugles and it just kind of starts trickling and it. And it could be that you have two bulls that answered the first bugle, but one started before the other. And it kind of sounds like he's bugling over the top of that second bull. But in reality, they're both just answering that first bull. So, so yes, that is pretty, uh, pretty normal to happen. Uh, Bill, I've assumed the cow calls prior to a bugle were to simulate cows with a bull. Um, is it that they actually meant as bull mews? Um, no, because I mean, bulls will mew and just like cows will bugle. Uh, but most of the time when people cow call before bugling, they are kind of trying to paint that picture, uh, you know, that it's a bull with a cow or two. It's a small little herd and they're trying to tell a little, little story there. So. Uh, let's see, Jacob Balbis, how do you identify the bull that's standing his ground but not being as vocal? Oftentimes we think he bugged out and walks 20 yards and bust him. Also, how do I identify the bugle that tells you he's coming? Uh, I know it when I hear it, but I can't pinpoint what it is that's different. <laughs> you demand, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. So, um, so here's here's the here's the tricky thing about you know a bull standing his ground because um, there there could be times where he's bugling right directly at you and other times where he's facing away from you. So it, it, it sounds like one time he's right in your lap and then the next time it bugles and he sounds like he's a hundred yards away. But even though he's still right within that small little circle, he's still right within that little area that he's bugling from. Um, you, you know, really, it's one of those things where you just got to keep working that bull. Um, I, I, unfortunately, a lot of people think that once they start working a bull, that if they get more excited on the calls or they call more frequently or they throw a lot more sounds in, that it's going to speed up that bull and coming in. Unfortunately, it doesn't. You know, that bull is 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 basically going to come in when he wants to come in. So there's there's nothing that can make him come in faster. So he's basically just going to hold his ground until he decides, you know what, I'm ready to come in. Second part of your question, how do I identify the bugle that tells you he's coming? I mean, that's... It, it's really a feeling that you end up getting with time out there. Um, you, you'll, you'll just know, you'll, you'll hear a sound, but most of the time is if you, um, 
you know, hear like a real loud challenge bugle, especially if you've been controlling the scenario or, you know, a real aggressive, uh, you know, lip ball bugle. A lot of times those are good indications that, you know, you've pushed him over the edge and and, and he's coming. But that's not I, I mean, that's the thing. It's not always the case. It's just the only way I can really describe it, Jake, is it's it, it's just a feeling that you have. You'll just you'll know. He'll do a sound and you'll just be like, he's coming. So uh, to, to, to steep and deep outdoors, do you recommend cutting a bull off? If so, when is the best time? Absolutely. So cutting a bull off kind of, you know, especially if you've got a bull that's a little more dominant. Now, when is the best time? You know, that's one of those things that you have to again, understand the vocalizations, what's going on. Um, you know, because if you're, if you're sitting there working a bull and all he's kind of doing is, is just giving you kind of, you know, some wine. So, so you're bugling. You know, he's given something like that back. And I've seen it a lot of times where, you know, somebody will cut that bugle off with aggression well, that bull right there, he's not showing any aggression at all. So why would you cut him off with aggression? So cutting a bull off, it's, it's, you know, if you hear, or, you know, both of those are examples of aggressive type bugles. So if you have a bull that's doing those type of bugles, by all means, cut him off. But what you'll want to do is let him finish that bugle. If, you, if you're ready, go ahead and cut him off in the middle of it. If you're not ready, let him finish and then do some other sounds. Be ready. You're almost kind of coaxing him into bugling again. And as soon as you hear him break into that bugle again, then cut him off. So you show the dominance. So Stephen Deep, hope that answers your question. So uh, Lance from YouTube, exactly in how you respond to the bull. I think that was in response to something we were talking about earlier. Paul, take his temperature. Exactly. Stephen Elliott, I'm here late as usual. Welcome, bud. Uh, Larry, uh, do you only rake trees on challenge bugles? No. So... Raking is one of those great tools that you can add in any time, especially, you know, in our group, we, we really, really do the breeding sequence a lot. We are firm believers in the breeding sequence, all the tones that are associated with it. And raking is one of those things that we definitely add in. Um, and, and raking, we can do it at all times. We may rake after a bugle. We may rake after some glunks. We may we may rake after a cow call, or we may just rake only within that. So, um, but raking is an effective tool that I think a lot of people don't utilize as much, um, and especially especially with the wolf population becoming more and more prevalent out here, especially with the wolves starting to move into Washington and Oregon and everything. The wool or, or the elk have kind of changed their vocalizations a little bit. 
um, especially in the last few years, have noticed that they're going more to, you know, lower note type sounds and raking is one of the things that they're definitely doing, you know, quite a bit. So, cause that is, that is a, a sound that you can use to kind of convey some dominance or show some dominance. So all right. Scott and Freddie, you guys talking back and forth about the, uh, Primos bugle tube. Tell you what, Scott, make fun of the, the Primos tube all you want, but over the years, that tube has called in a lot of elk. So, and some people, that's all they can use. So, but yes, it is pretty e easy to distinguish that it is the, the blue, blue snap on reed. So, Lance, I hardly ever and or mostly never cow call. In my experience, I want to make it seem I'm the lesser bull on the mountain trying to find a lady. Your thoughts? You can certainly do that. So here's our take on it. So the reason we focus on the breeding sequence is because that's what the bulls are looking for. Okay. So cows will do their vocalizations all year round. Bulls will do some of their vocalizations all year round, but they also have, bulls have vocalizations and sounds that are only done during September, that are only done during the rut. And a lot of times you only hear those sounds when there's a hot cow. So basically that's why we focus on the breeding sequence. We want to give it the appearance that we are a bull that has a hot cow. Because if you've been into an area where there's a hot cow, there's all kinds of excitement. There's a bunch of other bulls around bugling because they all want to scent check the air on that cow. They all want to verify that that cow is in estrus. And they all basically want to try to take their turn to breed her or be the one to breed her. So that's the scenario that we point or that we paint when we're out there is, is that breeding sequence that we are a bull with a hot cow. And, um, there's, there's certain things that we do within that breeding sequence that once a bull really kind of joins in or starts bugling, there's certain things that we kind of do to kind of, you, you know, we kind of ignore the bull until he gets to a certain point. Once he gets to a certain point, then we kind of quit ignoring him and then we really start engaging him. And then at that point, but we don't abandon the cow calls. So we continue with that whole story. We're telling a story out there. So we continue kind of going on with all that. So, so yeah, Lance, the, the cow calls can be a really, really effective tool to really be, you know, to, to set up your bugles basically. So, uh, Paul, nothing in no man moves air like the thumping chuckles of a bull elk. Very true. If you've ever been close enough to a bull and he's chuckling that you can just feel, you know, that air. And that's why a lot of times chuckles are one of the things that are really, really easy to distinguish between person or bull. But if you take the time to really learn the chuckle and you get that oh, 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 within your chuckle, if you were to take your grunt tube and hold it in front of your hand and do that, oh, 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 you could feel that air moving. And so you add that air movement too. So, uh, Jake, I hear you, brother. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of, kind of hard to teach about 
what sound or how, how do you know? You just, you just know. So Edward had a nice five by five freeze and dense timber last year, 10 yards in front of me. My caller tried everything to get him to turn, but he wouldn't budge. Any irregular sounds you can throw out to get him to move? <sighs> yeah, well, yes and no. First off, you need to kind of understand, you know, you kind of need to calculate why he is hung up in that spot. Why won't he move? A lot of the times he's hanging up in that spot because he got to that point where he thinks he should be able to see the elk that is making that sound. And he's not going to come really any further. He's just going to sit there and look and look. Now, he may circle kind of around and, 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 and you know, pace back and forth. But it uh, it's it, it's something like I said. It's it's either one he's got to that point where he thinks he should be able to be able to see the elk, or it could be you know there's something that he doesn't want to cross. I'm kind of curious. So ten yards, could you could you see him? Um, I mean, I know you mentioned dense timber. So Edward, give me just a little bit more information on that. So Paul, wow, you're a good caller. I'd cut you off. Thank you. So, um, hey, Freddie, Game Changer, Bill Flagg just asked if you have any plans to market your call beyond G4 Archery. So, Nicholas Curry, what do you think about scent wafers? I've used them in the past. Um, I, I'm not really big on scent wafers or cover scents or you know, all that stuff. I do use scent, elim scent elimination spray, uh, but really, I mean, honestly, you're never going to be 100% scent free. So why not just use the wind, keep the wind in your favor. The other thing about scent wafers is you start using some of those scent wafers or this or that, and you almost kind of smell them more than you smell anything else. And since I always keep the wind in my favor, so usually most of the time when I'm moving, that wind is in my face. So that way I can catch the slightest scent. So anything that, anything that changes. So that's my personal preference. I know some guys that will use the scent wafers with great success. Um, me personally, I'm just I'm just not a huge fan of them. I, I want to smell what's going on out there. So, uh, Justin, well, I just ordered my G, GC from G4. So, okay. Could see his head only. His legs and lower chest were covered. There was zero wind at the time. My collar was about 20 yards behind me, offset to my left. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, that he just got to that point. He got to that hang-up point where... You know, he thinks he should be able to, you know, see that elk that's that's making the sound. And the thing is, is, is when they come up to that point and they think they should be able to see that, a lot of times, you know, they're going to kind of be on guard a little bit and they're really going to scan and look for that sound. And if they don't see it, they're going to kind of start to get uncomfortable a little bit. So there's a couple of things that you can do. So... One is kind of do a quick assessment of where he's at, where he came from and all that kind of stuff. And then just go quiet, you know, have your caller stop calling and 
a lot of times what that bull will do is he'll lose interest and he'll turn and he'll start going out on the same path that he came in on. With you being out front, if you're close enough that you and your hunting partner can see each other and you can communicate, let that bull move off until he's far enough. And then you slip up those 10 yards. So you're by that spot where he came in and hung up and then have your caller re-engage, have your caller kind of move just a little bit, five or 10 yards to the left or the right and start calling again. And sometimes you can get that bull to come right back to that hang up spot. Well, the fact that you crept up a little bit, now you're right there about that area where he kind of came into. The other option that you can do again is go quiet, let him move off, and then you guys move up and reposition and maybe get a little more distance in between you. Maybe have the caller move up to where, you know, you were and you move up and just kind of do that, that leapfrog a little bit um, and then try to re-engage that bull. But there's something about that setup right there that you were that, that he didn't, he didn't like, he didn't, he didn't want to move past. So uh, Lance, okay. You just talked about chuckles. I have used a power bugle for over 20 years. I was taught 20 years ago, a high pitch keys a bull. Uh, and st I still live by that. Your thoughts. So, okay. That, that high pitch, that, that high pitch ear ringing pitch. Yes. Bulls do respond to that. Um, but on chuckles, there's a couple of different ways that they will do chuckles. So, you know, you can, you can have a bull that kind of does kind of some excited or nervous type. You know, they're short, they're fast paced. He's, he's just kind of almost like he's hyperventilating almost. That bull's kind of excited, or he, he's excited. There's not a bunch. Best way I can describe it is like a, a an early teenage boy going to the mall, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, girls, and he's all excited. That's kind of how that bull is reacting. The other type of chuckles that you have are aggravated chuckles, which, you know, these have a lot more high pitch to them. They have a lot more thump. So they kind of have that ape-like sound. So if you're talking about the high pitch in the chuckles, if you're doing that higher pitch, make sure that you have that oh, at the end of it, that good thump so that it kind of, you know, supports that, that fact that that bull is agitated. Because as a bull gets agitated, his bugles actually get higher pitched and shorter. So they just get into that scream short and they fall off a lot faster versus if they're nice and relaxed and just doing location type bugles. But yes, that really high pitch that you talked about. And in fact, when locating, you want to hit that high pitch. And that's kind of one thing that's kind of a, 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 I think, a misconception out there about location bugles. You want to get into that high pitch, but it's how you get there. If you do it nice and even paced and nice and relaxed. That's a location bugle. Now, the difference between that and a challenge bugle 
the challenge bugle climbs into that high note a lot faster. It's shorter in duration and falls off sharper on the back end. So if you're locating and you want to get to that high note, just be nice and controlled and paced as you go up to that high note. So nice and paced and relaxed location. The start right to the high note quick challenge and also how you finish it. Fatal flight, how you doing, bud? Uh, we get Roosevelts that chuckle up to 12 times in a row, then hit a tree and start raking a tree. Then he stops and chuckles three more times. Yeah, there is, there is no script on chuckling. There is nothing to say that you have to do three chuckles or five chuckles or this or that. We've had bulls in the past that same thing. In fact, one we nicknamed Chuckles. That's all he would do. We would bugle and he would just, <laughs> just this long string of them. And every time we never, ever heard that bull do an actual bugle. All he did was just that chuckling. So, and you're going to find that in areas with high pressure of either hunters or predators because the chuckles, it's a lower, lower note. And it doesn't carry as far, but it still kind of conveys their message about dominance or aggression or excitement. So they can still convey what mood they're in, but it just doesn't carry and travel as far. So, all right, uh, Edward, cool. Thank you. Jack Keithley, I'm here. I'm here. How you doing, bud? Uh, Justin, have had the same bull in the same area for the last few years, had eyes on him. Um, haven't been, sorry, I've got this new message tab right in the way. I'm trying to read the rest of your message, Justin. So, all right. Somebody else comment real quick on Facebook or YouTube, just say hi or something so I can scroll up so I can see Justin's message. So fatal flight. Yep. Never bugled. So yeah, some bulls are that way. They will, they will just only only chuckle. Okay, come on. There we go. Okay. Have had the same bull in the same area for the last few years. Had eyes on him. Haven't been aggressive in fear of blowing him out. What's your opinion on going in aggressive or just going all in? So it's, it's not just a matter of going in aggressive. So... I mean, you know, Justin, the aggressive tactic may be what you need to do with him. But the thing with aggressiveness is it's something that you have to build up to. You don't just want to jump right into it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, I don't know if you've heard me talk about walking down the sidewalk in your town and challenging every guy to meet, you know, to fight or just walking in a room and shouting, you know, F off to everybody. You want to build it up just like, you know, you start a fire, you start with small kindling and you slowly grow it up. That's what you may need to do with this bull is engage him, get him going, build that aggression level up, kind of match his intensity. So if he's getting aggressive, you getting it, you get aggressive. So it's, it's, you know, 
taking that bull's temperature, figuring out what his mindset is, and and you kind of lead him into the little bit more aggressive because you start adding in some chuckles or some huffs, grunts, and whines or glunks or raking, you know, things to raise his aggression level. As his aggression level goes up, you go up, and then by all means, you can certainly get aggressive with him. So, okay, uh, Braden, what do you do if you can hear the elk, but they never bugle at all or make any noises, but you can hear them nearby? So basically, Braden, what it sounds like is you can hear them moving around. You know, you can hear them walking, you can hear them moving, but they just never do bugles or anything like that. So what you can do is do these lower non bugle type vocalizations, you know, which, which is, is your, your, your huffs, your grunts, your glunks, uh, you know, your raking. Those are all sounds that are kind of low key that aren't going to be full blown volume and really blow them out. You also want to pace it out. You don't want to do a whole bunch of sounds all banked together you just want to do a sound or two and then kind of, you know, listen, you know, wait two, three, four minutes, do a couple more sounds. And, and what I'm talking about on those huffs and grunts, So those, those are low key vocalizations that uh, aren't going to carry very far, but they will let other elk, especially right there, know that you are an elk, you're in the area. I mean, elk are curious, you know, they'll come, they'll come check you out. The other thing you can do. Just two or three soft cow calls. Wait three, four five minutes. Do a couple more. So the curiosity, they probably will sneak in to kind of see, you know, what you are and what you're doing. So Brad Coyman, how you doing, bud? Long time no see. All right. Bugle me this. Choose another nickname. I already called the bull I was hunting this fall in Montana. Chuckles. You can have it because Chuckles was a bull that, uh, oh, God, it's probably been eight or nine years ago that, uh, we hunted chuckles. So bugle me this, you got it. Chuckles, chuckles is yours. So chuckles, Montana is yours. So hot sense. How you doing, bud? Okay. Paul Bayer, moan, groan, check, bugle, chuckles. So, um, so the thing with, with some of these, these, uh, you know, huffs and grunts, it, uh, kind of adds a little bit more realism you know, in, into your calling scenario. Um, but the thing is, is it's, it's natural sounds. It sounds that, that elk are doing, and it's going to separate you from everybody else because have kind of gotten into that same pattern where everybody just goes out and cow calls and bugles, cow calls and bugles. They don't really do any of these other sounds, but if you really sit there and you listen to, uh, you know, bulls, there's a lot of sounds that they make. And some of these, you have to be really, really close to be able to hear them, so. Okay, so one other thing that I was thinking about, and this is, this is kind of a discussion that I got in yesterday with somebody. So 
How many of you have had this happen? You're, you're, you're moving through the woods. You know, you're kind of heading to a place where you want to locate from or this or that. It's, it's fairly thick. Um, and then all of a sudden you just... You hear a bull just throw off a little growl like that. How many of you have heard that froze where you're standing, trying to figure out, trying to scramble and trying to set up and, and a few minutes have gone by and you set up, you kind of start calling and you get a response. But now he's 200 yards away. So basically what's going on there is... First off, okay, that bull was probably sitting there feeding or bedded down and you're moving through the fire. Paul, yes, bingo. Um, you're moving through. That bull hears you. Basically, what that sound is, he's asking you, who are you? What are you? Are you an elk? And the reason he boogered out is because he is going to do that sound. And then he's going to give you probably only about 10, 15 seconds to respond. And then he's out the back door and moving. That's his way to find out if you are an actual elk, if you're an elk moving through the forest. Because elk recognize that and immediately will give some sort of sound back. A lot of times it's a soft mew saying, I'm an elk. It's kind of their defense mode, especially when they're bedded down. And you hear that bull do that growl. Like I said, he's only going to give you about 10 to 15 seconds because he's used to nature. He's used to doing that sound. And if it's an actual elk, that elk will respond. If he does it and doesn't, and if he does that sound and no response, you're a predator. He's out the back door. He's not sticking around to give you an opportunity to turn him into lunch. I was guilty of it, you know, early on in my career that would just freeze, but just remember that. So if you're moving through, you hear that growl, just give a soft cow call. At least you've hung him up at that point that then you can scramble, get into position, get the wind right, and then start working that bull. So uh, Braden McGreevy, what kind of call is that that you are using? So the diaphragm read is the Jason Phelps Signature Series amp, and the tube is the Phelps Unleashed Bugle tube that I just cut the flared end off. So um, I may have done a sound or two on the Elk Calling Academy, uh, one and a half from Native by Carlton. So... Okay, Jack. Yep, it's happened and I froze. We've all been there. So, uh, Jim Huntsman, are there detailed videos of these vocalizations on your Patreon page? Yes, there are. In fact, Jim, thank you for asking that. Uh, all you patron herd bulls, chapter two of the instructional video is live on the Patreon page right now. So, uh, this one we're kind of building off of last week's diaphragm read selection and drills and uh, chapter two 
we actually get into a few of the cow sounds. We cover muse, chirps, lost muse, assembly muse, and long muse. So, but Jim, the detailed videos for actual calling are only available to the herd bull. So, for those of you with the uh, Patreon page, if you go over, you'll see three different tiers. There's Spike, Raghorn, Herd Bull. Uh, read the advantages or kind of the benefits of each level. Uh, the Herd Bull is the only one that has access to these um, instructional videos. The instructional videos that are on the Patreon page, um, I upload them every couple of weeks. But those are the exact things that I teach in the one-on-one -on -one lessons. So you can certainly become a, a Patreon member and um, you're going to get access to everything that I teach throughout those. So, all right. GC calls. Always great stuff. Must run. See you Saturday. You get it put up with me Saturday and Sunday. Actually, Freddie, I'm, I'm only going to be there Friday and Saturday. So, uh, how do you become a Patreon or a Herd Bull? So, Okay, if you guys are interested, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. That will take you there. You can do a search up on the top right-hand corner. It says Find Creator. You can either type in Michael Batiste or Elk Calling Academy. That will take you to our Patreon page. As soon as you're on the page there, then you'll see on the right-hand side, become a patron, and then you just choose what level you want. But like I said, read the benefits uh, from each of the levels. So, uh, so yes, this weekend um, I will be at the Northwest or Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show. Uh, I, I will be there Friday and Saturday only. I am bringing a few hats and shirts with me. Friday's video on YouTube is the next matchup in the 2019 bow battle. Uh, this one is the Hoyt Carbon RX-3 versus the Matthews Verdicts. I know this has been a hot matchup that a lot of people have been talking about. So that video will go live Friday. So uh, Fatal Flight, so sorry. No, no need to say sorry. Thanks for bringing that up So and asking. So Andrew, may my, man, my cell service stinks tonight and the video keeps freezing up, but excited to go over these techniques with you in North Idaho. Oh, okay. So yeah, in fact, Andrew, I need to get, uh, I need to finish setting that up. So um, do that. Uh, bugle me this. What is the price for herd bull? Okay. The prices are for spike. It's $5 a month. Raghorn, it's $10 a month. Herd bull is $15 a month. Uh, but that first month you actually do get um, be, uh, Elk Calling Academy swag. So I've been sending hats out to new Herd Bull members right now. Larry, where do I get the Native by Carlton call? The new one right now, we are hoping to have them ready for Portland. They are not going to be ready for Portland. We are going to have a few of them in Salt Lake next weekend at the Hunt Expo there. And then shortly after that, um, we're just waiting on the tape cutter right now to cut the tape a little bit smaller. As soon as that comes in, um, then we'll have them available um, through Elk Calling Academy or through Native by Carlton. So Benito, see you Saturday. Looking forward to it, bud. Nicholas Curry, hope to see you there Saturday. Bugle me this. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so definitely looking forward to meeting a lot of you guys, you know, in person, uh, having a chance to um, chit chat. 
And, you know, if you stop by the booth, yeah, let's let's talk elk hunting. If there's specific questions that you have, I mean, just basically going over there to meet and hang out with you guys. So, all right, we have about five minutes left. So last round for questions. If you've got questions, make sure that you uh, get them in so we can get to them. Uh, Scott, I've been rocking my ECA hat and enjoying the herd bull benefits. So also on the herd bull too, uh, herd bull and raghorn gets a percentage off on ECA swag shirts and hats. Um, I haven't sent that code out to anybody yet because I am building my website just to make it easier uh, to purchase the gear. As soon as the website is done and live, I will email out all the codes for your 5% off or 10% off, depending on which level you are at. Also, Raghorns and Herd Bulls, it looks like Thursday night is going to be um, the patron-only live Q&A. So um, that one will be through the Patreon page just for you guys and um, kind of a up-close-and-personal type deal. So Ron Thomas, we'll see you Friday. Look forward to it. Jay Colley, save me an ECA call in Utah. So could we hear that mouth read? So you want to hear the uh, native? You bet. So steep and deep outdoors. Look forward to meeting you on Saturday. So there is the ECA call. So we also have a couple of others, uh, the Dirty Deuce, which I haven't actually showed you guys. This one here is a one and a half. Kind of has that little younger bull tone to it. Um, but it's extremely controllable. It is really designed for uh, kind of a beginner. But um, advanced callers, intermediate callers, anybody can really, really enjoy this. The double deuce that we have is a heavy double. So for those of you guys that really like a heavy call that you can just scream on, that dirty deuce is gonna be the one for you. So James, I heard you mention Fatal Flight. Yeah, he's actually um, over on the Instagram page. So, uh, Paul, what do you do about squirrels barking and dropping pine cones on your head? You know what? After I read the post from Stephen Ranella, meat eater today, and saw some of his squirrel recipes, I think I might start carrying a rubber blunt and kind of start uh, collecting a few of those barking squirrels to kind of have camp food. You know, usually we always, you know, get some grouse out there, but... I think we're going to add some squirrels. So yeah, squirrels barking and dropping that stuff can be just absolutely annoying out there, especially when they're dropping pine cones because, you know, you hear that snap and you're like, oh, is something coming? Is something walking? Um, yeah, <laughs> Paul, that's that's the best thing I can say is, is add them to the camp menu. So Larry, Ron, don't forget to autograph for me. You guys are hilarious. Brett Poor, A-A-R-P. Aren't you hilarious? See, kind of getting a few friends jumping on tonight, and they've got to bring up the A-A-R-P comments and all this. See what happens when you start turning white? So, all right, guys, I don't see any more questions. 
Yeah, Fatal Flight is a good friend of mine. James, I've actually have never met him in person. Going to meet him in person in Portland this weekend. Uh, I know I've talked to him a few times online, so looking forward to uh, meeting in person. So, all right, guys, we are going to wrap this up for tonight. I look forward to seeing all of you this weekend in Portland. If you are not going this weekend to Portland, hopefully we'll see you next week at uh, the Hunt Expo. We will be broadcasting live next Wednesday. I will be in Salt Lake. And I may have a special guest or two online live with us. So in the meantime, guys, remember, Patreon Herd Bulls, your next calling video is live. For you guys um, really following along on the bow battle, that RX3 versus Verdicts goes live on Friday. In the meantime, guys, keep calling, keep practicing, but most importantly, have fun. Appreciate the support. Appreciate all of you tuning in tonight and asking your questions. We will see you guys next week on the next episode of Wapiti Wednesday Q&A brought to you by Elk Calling Academy. Have a great week, everybody. Follow and subscribe to Elk Calling Academy on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon for tips, tactics, gear reviews, and live Q&A, helping you to success faster. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.